Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. All-Star Weekend, almost too much for me, Tony. I'm exhausted. I should probably be home in bed. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Sounds like it's going to be a great show. It is. I'm a man up. I'm going to, I got my hot tea here like you do every day. I do like once a year, you know. But you're tired, you're exhausted. Yep. Yep. You know, you should be sleeping. (laughs) Coughing. Coughing. It's a complete disaster. But a man up. Yeah. Coming after you. 30 minutes. Try and make it all the way through. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Controversy in the Dunk Contest. Baseball warns teams not to throw at the Astros. And Mike Tomlin backs Mason Rudolph. But we begin today with the All-Star Game, specifically the fourth quarter of the All-Star Game. In that untimed quarter, when the first team to reach the target score won, it actually looked like a serious, honest basketball game. There were blocks, charges, defense, and real effort. Wilbon, you were there. What did you make of this modified Elam ending? Tony, I like the fourth quarter particularly the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter. I mean, the first three quarters, you know, I was wandering around the United Center saying hi to my friends. I mean, the first three quarters did nothing. The fourth quarter was great. And the question, I guess it's okay to have just one great quarter and ask guys to do that for one quarter of an all-star. I mean, James Harden played tougher defense, more intense defense than I've ever seen him play in the playoffs because that is a situation where your peers are looking at you saying, we're, going, we're all in here. Right. And so I thought it was great. But the, again, Tony, is it, is it enough to have that for one quarter? And I, I think the answer actually for most people is yes. So I'm going to go further than that. We both agree that the All-Star Game in the main is a television show. Nobody plays hard. There's a lot of dunks, a lot of shots from 37 51 feet. dunks, I yeah, think. Yeah, there, there's something like that. But what the fourth quarter of this game proved in particular was that even great players will rise to the challenge when there's something new and the actual game is on the line. I'm going to suggest this, Mike. I'm going to suggest that the NBA immediately adopt (coughs) this format for overtimes in regular season games. Not in the playoffs, just like in hockey, not in the playoffs, but in regular season overtime games, get to 10 first, you win the game. Look, all the other sports have gone to this on, on some level. Baseball has it, not yet. They're, and they're not going yet. to. They might. But football, first, if you score a touchdown, game over. Obviously, yeah. soccer, hockey, tennis yeah. has it. Mike, the, look, look how much people like this. Yeah, college football. Uh, you know, Tony, you know what? Two or three more weeks and you might persuade me. You, you, you might wear me down with this. I might say, you know what, Tony? This has to be done. It has to be done for millennials and subsequent generations well, if Mike, who can't pay attention if for the, anything to It's not minutes. just that. If the ratings are bad in regular season games... Then you go to something else. This could do this. You might go I in the know. fourth quarter because then you can't milk the clock. you got to try to score. Yeah, it might be yeah, exciting enough, clock. but not the it playoffs. Might not the it playoffs. might be. I'm not slamming the door. I'm giving you... I'm tired. Thank You're wearing you. me down. Well, there you go. That's easy. It's a first question. Where do we get to the first? <laughs> <laughs> Saturday night stunt contest didn't provide the drama it did 32 years ago, Tone, when Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins squared off here on Madison Street. 
but there was controversy. Derek Jones Jr., my pick to win it, even though you'd never heard of him till Friday, had some fabulous throwdowns as if he was launching himself from a trampoline. But Aaron Gordon thought he had stolen the show and won the contest when he went over and, you know, threw seven foot five Taco Fall. The United Center roared. And then through some inadvertent balloting, you know how we are in Chicago, Jones Jr. had one more point and the win. Tone, did my man Jones Jr. of the Miami Heat deserve to win this? No, not even a little. No, no. Aaron Gordon deserved to win this. I don't care who else was out on the court because let's go back to what he did. He went over a guy who was at least seven foot five and in shoes is maybe seven foot seven. I don't care if he kicked him in the neck. He went over this guy. Derek Jones Jr., is that his name? He didn't do that. Ken Griffey Jr. didn't do that. You go over Taco Fall and you dunk and you haven't landed on the ground yet, you win game over dunk contest over. The kid got hosed. Got him totally hosed. I want to disagree with you because I picked Jones Jr. to win this, and I think he's the best dunker in the league. Okay. Not only that, Tony... I don't know how much inside we're going to get here, but the voters weren't planning to award Jones Jr. the contest on that dunk. They got the math wrong. As a wrong. matter of right, they didn't get the math wrong. The execution of something well intended didn't work because they should have held up two nines and an extra you person can't held up a get nine. Forty-seven when you no. jump over a guy who's no. seven foot five. You're not they jumping over a car. Trying to give him a forty-seven. By the way, the human being. By the way, boom. Uh, Enough with whole numbers. I mean, I didn't major in math and neither did you. No. But you know what? You got to go fractional. You got to be That's able to fine. give somebody a 9.5, a 9.7, a 9.9. Just don't That's go. What you got? You people got no calculators in the league office? Whoever's running the dunk contest, stop it. It's a miscarriage Stop it with the justice. 7, 8, 9, 10. This is dumb. Aaron Gordon said he's never going back. out there. Said never going back. He, he got shouldn't. Home. He's too old now. In he the words of Brian Arakpo, come on, man. What are we doing out here, man? Seven five, boom, see ya. There is all sorts of reporting that John Beeline is on his way out as Cleveland Cavaliers coach, either by his own decision or by somebody in management's. The 67-year-old Beeline agreed to coach the Cavs for five years and left the University of Michigan to do it. The Cavs are now 14 and 40 under Beeline. Wilbon, is it too soon to give up on this? Well, Tony, it sounds like they already have. I've certainly been told here during All-Star Weekend that this is over. I mean, you know, before we get off the air, I mean, this could be over. And it sounds like it's going to be over shortly. And I got, I got conflicting feelings on this. Look, you know, I am not a person who believes in the main, there are exceptions, that college coaches, you know, convey to the NBA. NFL too, but <clears throat> really to the NBA. And when this happened, you know, I said, I, I wish to be, John Beeline's a good man and a yeah. good coach. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt about this. There's no arguing that. But when you put him in this situation, so what I don't know is, I don't want to say you can't give a college coach an opportunity to prove he can do it in the pros, but, but I don't know that I would be that guy. This is sort of predictable, and I feel bad for John Beeline. Well, I just, just two words, Brad Stevens. I mean, you can come from college yes, and you can be great. That's okay. right. You can do so, it. So, in this particular case, this is an unmitigated disaster. About a week or two into the season, Cleveland players were already saying that they didn't like John Beeline, that he didn't know the pro game, that he was coaching like a college coach, which he can't do in the pros. A few weeks ago, he called some of his players thugs and said, oh, hold on, I didn't mean thugs, I meant slugs. And now he's telling friends and associates 
that it's miserable the way you lose. Because in college, you play 35 games and you lose at a good school like Michigan 5 to 10. And you lose, you're 14 and 40. So it's better for everybody. He took this job, I'm sure for the money, sort of like an annuity. It hasn't worked out. Give him a settlement. And you know what he should do, Mike? Go, go coach back to college. D1, D2, D3. Doesn't it. matter. Do that. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, and, and Tony, while you want to point out a glowing exception in Boston, and he is. Yeah, he's good. Tony, I can stack names of guys who didn't work no, in you, the no, NBA. No, you're right. You're and right. they got to go back to college. And they do and they do it successfully. And you're right. I but mean, Hall of Fame coaches like look, Jerry Tarkanian, didn't he try this at right. one point? But the, I mean, it, the it Celtics guy, he's, he shows you it can happen. And it can yeah. happen good. In a yeah. big way. Yeah. The Houston Astros and their misbehaving is dominating the beginning of spring training. Commissioner Rob Manfred spent his time yesterday warning managers in the Grapefruit League they better not try to exact revenge from the Strohs this season. Manfred said, quote, it's dangerous and it is not helpful to the current situation, close quote. And Manfred plans to say something tomorrow to managers in Arizona in the Cactus League. Tone is Manfred right to try and protect the Astros. I'm going to take issue with the question in this regard. I don't think he's trying to protect the Astros. I think he's trying to protect human life. I mean, look, you can't have this. There are ways within the code of baseball to throw at somebody and not hurt somebody. But if you throw at somebody capriciously because you're angry at something that happened like a team cheating, you got to go. And you got to go if you're the pitcher for 30 games because you're protecting human life here. The pitching coach and the manager, you got to go for five to ten games. This could happen in spring training, could happen in the regular season. You cannot... You know, managers know and umpires know. And if you throw capriciously, get out. Can't have it. I'm not going to disagree with what you're saying, but why does it take this? You mean Rob Manfred and and our friend Bud Selig before him? You mean they can't find other situations to warn managers as a group or as a league? Why didn't somebody warn the thug Pittsburgh Pirates last year about throwing at people, which they did all the time. Throw them so out. it takes this. It takes this. Well, it this takes is... it takes one team being the scourge of the league for Rob Manfred to say well, here's something. The difference, and I agree Mike. with your analysis. Here's the difference with the Pittsburgh Pirates. What? It wasn't 29 against one with the Pittsburgh Pirates no, like it, it might be here. And you got to come back and you've got to tell me, what do you want? What more do you want to happen here? Because if I'm Rob Manfred... I give the players immunity because you know what, Mike? If I don't have the players on my side, I got no game. There's no game. So what more do you want? As a result of Miles Garrett again accusing Mason Rudolph of a racial taunt, (coughs) Rudolph's coach, Mike Tomlin, is defending his player. Tomlin said in a statement, quote, If Mason said what Miles claimed, it would have come out during the many interactions I had with those in the Browns organization. I received no indication of anything racial in those interactions, unquote. This morning on ESPN's first take show, Tomlin said, quote, I fully support Mason Rudolph. When these allegations returned this weekend, I thought it was appropriate that Mason is properly defended, unquote. Wilbon, what do you make of Tomlin's position? Well, Tony, just from watching Mike Tomlin, mostly from afar, mostly, I think he's the most unassailable, unimpeachable witness you could have in this situation to speak out. And when Mike Tomlin 
speaks out like this, to me, he has complete and utter credibility. And I believe him. I, I've said to you, I don't know what to believe here because you don't just throw this accusation around. That's right. You can't. You can't. And it perhaps was thrown around because nobody on the field. So, you look, Tony, I've been involved in these situations where I've been called it. Other people have been called it. And it comes out right away. Right away. It comes out. I mean, it comes out while you're swinging the helmet. You called me what? I mean, you don't hold this back. And so I agree with Mike Tomlin. I understand what he's describing. He's very exact yeah. in his defense of Mason Rudolph. I believe him 100%. So it comes down to this. If Mason Rudolph said this, and by the way, as you watch the tape all the time, there is at least one lineman within one foot of him, and he would have heard it, usually two linemen within one foot, and they would have heard it. But if Mason Rudolph said this, he is a marginal player, he will be out of the league. Because you cannot have this guy on your team. It just doesn't work in the locker room. But if he didn't, if Miles Garrett is making this up, then you have a Jussie Smollett situation. You have somebody saying there was a hate crime here, but yeah, making, that up, making it up for his own advancement. My sense of this is on Cleveland, that Cleveland has a lot of guys that run their yaps, like Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr., and there's no accountability. I don't know what happened here, but like you, I look at Tomlin as having the authority in this particular circumstance. Tony, if you're the commissioner, don't you have to call all parties to New York? Yes. And have a, a oh and not yes, just, and not just yourself. Oh no, and they got to be in the room call, together. You may need to call some experts yes. and both of them and their yes. coaches and owners. Yes. And you have to say we have a potential situation here. We're going to get to the bottom of this, and we're not going to visit it again. Yeah, no, we're going to stay all night till we figure this one yeah, out. Yeah, that's right. Let's take a break, but still to come, would Jay Wright be wise to leave Villanova for the Knicks? What? Hell no. As your Tiger struggles over the weekend, diminish our expectations for his season. I watched a lot of that tournament. So that makes us equal. DFL. Every week, the PTI email box is filled up with thoughtful questions, but mostly spam. So much spam. Let me see what's first here. Mail time! Yes, here we go. Would you advise Jay Wright to take the Knicks job if offered? No. Hell no. And there's this report that the Knicks are interested in Jay Wright. Of course they're interested in Jay Wright. And they'd be interested in in Steve Kerr. He's told them no. I mean, they've been interested in a lot of people, most of whom have told the Knicks, no, no, Jay Wright has a great job. He lives close enough to New York and knows the garden and knows our whole culture well enough to say, thank you. I'm staying here where I can win championships, plural, because that's what he's done. I know you, you agree with me. on this. Most of my life, I have loved the Knicks. It's only the last 10 years that I've moved away from them. I was there, as yeah. you know, when Willis Reed came out, the captain, and hit those shots. Love Reed and DeBusher and Bradley and Frazier. Don't take this job. And, and Jay Wright's a Philly guy, Mike. If the 76ers offer him a job, That's you different. have to think about it. You have to right. think about it. He's not a New York guy. Those, those players right. don't mean anything to him. Moses Malone, Julius Irving, you know, guys like that. No, don't, no, don't take this job. No, no. That, I agree. Our, we agree on that. Stay away from that place. Does Tiger's poor finish make you less optimistic about his season ahead? I was never optimistic about the season ahead. I'm optimistic about the Masters. And that's about it. He went 76-77 over the weekend to finish DFL. DFL. Dead blank last. Yep. 
I told, and look, we know Riviera is not a place that he likes anyway. But Tony, you have been optimistic. I'm not optimistic. I'm yeah. realistic. I mean, Tigers, look, Tigers, the greatest. I mean, on the Mount Rushmore, there's only one other guy that's automatic with him, and that's Nicholas. Nicholas. And I guess that's right. Palmer, Trevino, you can do whatever yeah, you want. Sure. But, but, but Tiger doesn't have to do jack. Yeah. And I don't think he, I'm not optimistic. Whatever he does is house money. He loves Riviera because it's the first course he played where he was against the pros. But he doesn't score well at he Riviera. He doesn't play well there. No, he's not only was he plus 11 on the weekend, that included an eagle. So you really got to do something. His putts were wildly offline, by feet offline. But but you know what? It's chilly there. It's not going to be chilly in Augusta. Augusta is what he's right. aiming for. It's Augusta. So I'm not discouraged. Augusta. All I'm right. not. I'm not. All right, but you, you've been Last getting the one. long carried away the last couple of years. Not discouraged. Opinion. Do you applaud Matt McGloin's candor during his halftime interview? All right, you'll have to fill this discussion because, you know, I don't watch this junk. I watched it. Matt McGloin of the New York XFL team was terrible in the first half, and he told Diana Rossini walking off the field that, you know, it was the coach's fault, essentially. He didn't use those words. Diana talked to the coach who said, what? Matt, what does this team need to do on offense to get something going here? We need to change the whole entire game plan at halftime. Okay, what do you need to change about the game plan? What are you, you frustrated know, about? There's just a lot going on right out now. Uh, it's embarrassing for us here as an offense, so a lot of things we want to fix and correct. You know, you know the coach is Kevin Gilbride, Tony. Right. Um, and Kevin Gilbride said, huh? Yeah. Dude needs to play better. Who you got in this? So, you know how much you like Joel Embiid? Yes. That's how much I now like Matt McGloin. Oh, Matt God. McGloin was Matt McGloin terrible. Matt May He blamed the game plan, and maybe the game plan was terrible, but he was terrible. Here, look. I watched a lot of this. The XFL has a bunch of things that the NFL ought to adopt immediately, including sideline interviews during the game. He was honest. I, I thought he, he was terrible as a quarterback, but he was honest yeah. in this. They should adopt that. They should adopt the transparency of the replay. The extra point rules, the kickoff rules. And by the way, the D.C. defenders who won that game and Cardale Jones look good again. D.C. defenders, wh- you know what, watch Tony, for them. Let me say this real quickly. You know how you don't watch the NHL, you don't watch MMA, you yeah. don't watch soccer. You don't watch it. will be sort of even because I ain't watching That's fine. This. But attendance was up 9%, which is important. That's good. Enough email. Let's take one last break. But still to come is Stephen A. Smith. Right, that the celebrity all-star game was rigged against him. Well, I damn sure hope it was. Vote yeah. early, vote off. And could the Raiders be ready to offer big money to Tom Brady? I'm so tired of this. The Raiders and Tom Brady. He ain't going there. So you beat Stephen A, so it'll be rigged for you. By double digits. That's great. Happy time, people. Happy 57th birthday, Michael Jordan. In a strange way, Michael Jordan seems to have disappeared from the NBA, even though he owns the Charlotte Hornets. They're a bad team, and Jordan has not made them any better. Kevin Garnett recently told the Chicago Tribune that the Chicago Bulls have failed to land free agents lately because of the allegedly shabby way they treated Jordan at the end of his career. But hardly anybody in the NBA now even remembers watching Jordan play. Yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan lived his life in public for what? I mean, 30 years? I mean, now if he wants to stay off the stage and out of the lights, people are going to resent that. I hope they don't, because I wish him well. Happy birthday. Happy anniversary, David Robinson. On this day, 26 years ago, you recorded the fourth quadruple double in NBA history. 34 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, 10 blocks. 
They didn't start counting blocks and steals until 1973, so that eliminates Oscar Robertson, Will Chamberlain, and Bill Russell. Ten blocks is astonishing. Alvin Robertson of the Spurs got it by getting ten steals. But Nate Thurman and Akeem Olajuwon got it with ten-plus blocks. Wow. Tony, I mean, that's amazing. Uh, and I thank you for the history lesson. And Nate Thurman played most of those years before 73 when they kept blocks, right? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Okay. Happy trails to Stephen A. Smith's celebrity all-star team. Not only did Stephen A. get a technical foul in this game, but his team went down meekly to Wilbon's apparent juggernaut by 15 points. And Wilbon did not even have an assistant coach. Wilbon's number one player was Common. I mean that with a capital C, not Common in the sense that anybody could do it. Wilbon, you did not light up a victory cigar like Red Auerbach, but surely you are ecstatic that you won this game and defended the honor of your city. Yeah, thanks to Common and famous Lowe's and a whole lot of guys. Should have played Jose Andreas and Bad Bunny Moore. My apologies to them. It was a great time, Tony. You should have been there courtside. But, you know, you New Yorkers, you ran away. You went the other way. You and Stephen, I don't want to hear anything for a year. I think Bad Bunny and I have beef. I'm not sure. Big finish. Larry Fitzgerald Sr. reports that the Raiders plan to offer Tom Brady wow. two-year deal, $60 wow. million. Does that make sense? Larry Fitz Sr., Big Fitz, he's working still. You and I doing what? Show monkeys. Yeah, yeah. Melvin Gordon tells CBS Sports he thinks Phillip Rivers will end up on the Indianapolis Colts. Is that a good fit? Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at one time. Javi Baez tells The Athletic he wasn't always ready for games last year. Spent the first few innings loosening up. Your thoughts? If Javi Baez wants to tinker and get 10% more out of his ability, oh my God, he will cash in and be that MVP. Kyrie Irving was elected the vice president of the NBA Players Association. Good choice. I didn't see it coming. Last one, Iowa State at number three, Kansas tonight. Trap game for the Jayhawks? Yeah, but they'll win before they get to the number one base. Out of time. Better next time. Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow. Knuckleheads final All-Star Weekend. Shout out to Candace Parker. The true 